Blog Talk Radio. This is Lama Tantrapa with the Secrets of Qigong Masters, the talk show brought to you by Academy of Chidao, the first and only school in the world offering professional education in Tai Chi and Qigong coaching. To find out about the programs at Academy of Chidao and to learn how you too can become a certified Tai Chi or Qigong coach, please visit qigongcoaching.com. This show is also brought to you by Mastery Magazine, sponsoring the Summit of Qigong Masters, that brings to you some of the top experts in Qigong in North America. To enjoy watching the video interviews with them, please go to qigongmasters.com. Today, I am delighted to introduce to you my old friend, Benita Roy, who is an award-winning scholar in internal process philosophy. She served as the president of the National Qigong Association, and now she's an associate editor of the internationally acclaimed Integral Review Journal. Her rural home, called Elderlore, is surrounded by old-growth forests in the hillsides of the Berkshire Mountains in Northwest Connecticut. Elderlore is also a retreat center that offers two educational programs. The first one is Qigong with Horses. It includes workshops where the horses teach people about energy, body language, emotional balance, and how to engage the natural world in a deeper level. The second program focuses on insight training, helping people to tap into the transformational power of the mind in its natural state. Insight training workshops activate intuitive awareness by cultivating the ability to perceive the world directly and the capacity to experience equanimity. When mind is in its natural state, we can discover what is possible that has never been possible before. On November 14th through 17th of this year, Bonita Roy is hosting a symposium to explore collective insight, which will allow people to work collaboratively across the wide range of values and competing worldviews. Her vision is that only collective insight has the power to face the complexity and scale of 21st century challenges. She believes that the time is right to learn how to cultivate the power of collective insight but that we'll need to learn more about the energy flows that are magnified in relationship to dynamics and how that affects our own authentic contribution to the collective process. Welcome to our show, Bonita. It's really great to have you on the Secrets of Qigong Masters. Well, thank you, Lama. It's a, it's a real treat to be on the call with you. It reminds it's me of... It's been a long coming. Yeah, it reminds me of many hours. For many years. <laughs> We've known each other for quite a few years, and uh, I finally got an opportunity to interview you on our show. It's really a treat. Yeah, and you know, I was listening to the the introduction, and and I was thinking of this notion of a path. You know how how we knew each other in the National Qigong Association, and. Mm-hmm. And then our lives take on these different paths, and I I thought I would just start by talking a little bit about how I got from there to here and (laughs) giving that as an orientation. I would love to hear your story. It's uh, definitely a fascinating path that you're in. Yeah, so 
So, you know, for me, it's all about, it's been both an an inquiry like an investigation and, and an experiment. You know, I'm always trying to explore new territory. And one of the things that was interesting to me when I was deep inside the Qigong community was how how people could come together and do Qigong and get into really deep resonance doing practices like uh, Cheney Sung or, you know, deep organ, alchemy. Uh, all these practices were very extraordinary and and very intimate. I mean, you could get people into a room and become really intimate with them in an embodied and resonant way. And and yet, when when people got together to do collaborative work, let's say, as board members or on projects, something funny would happen when we'd start to talk to each other, you know? Like, like there was this deep embodied resonance in Qigong itself, but then when we yeah. all got together to solve a problem or talk about real-world issues, there was just too much dissonance and too much cognitive dissonance. And, and I thought that was very interesting, you know, that, that, that the embodied work didn't solve these other problems, you know. So, well, I remember that on some occasions we would actually have this amazing uh, breakthroughs. I remember, for example, the spring board retreat, I think it was 2005, when we went to North Carolina. Yes. And, and stayed at the retreat center there with uh, several um, other members of the board of directors uh, all coming together from all over the United States. And uh, we actually had some really interesting breakthroughs there, I think, and also at some other board meetings when, like, after 10 years of bickering, for example, about the designation of what does it mean to practice Qigong, you know, we would actually, like, hammer out the definition of Qigong or even, I think, agreed on uh, what certificate, certification levels would be that the NQA would right, right. We would do it. We're passing <laughs> standards, yeah. Yes. So those things, but those things really shine, right? So when you have breakthrough, I call uh-huh. it insight now. And when a, when a group can have an insight and they, like, really right. break through that, wall or those tough relational dynamics, something interesting is happening, right? So I started to really try to pay attention to that and name it and study it. You you know, you can look at it as a a type of Qigong, you know, with a different type of energy, you know, so you have the Mm -hmm. relational dynamics between people is is relational flow. It's like push hands almost. (laughs) It's like push hands, exactly. It's see, like push hands. There can be push hands. The art of push hands, right? When it yeah. becomes really beautiful, it's like a dance. Mm-hmm. Versus an yeah. amateur version of push hands, where it just looks like competitive battling. You know, it doesn't. It's not. There's no beauty in it, right? So the question right. is, is how to get the beauty in the actual collaborative work that when we start to need to talk to each other and work in with ideas and, and in that in that realm and what are the principles that we can utilize to make that work more like flow and, and to really release the creativity. 
So one of the things I say is most groups look for, they either interact in terms of competition like our Congress does, or consensus, which is very difficult to work toward consensus, or compromise. And the problem with those three is they don't really tap into creativity, right? So, right. So if you think of push hands, you know, when people are doing push hands and there's certain there's certain skills that create the dance that is so creative and spontaneous as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, just the same old, same old. So I am There is a method of choreography. There's a choreography, but it's spontaneous, right? It's not like a yes. – it's not pre-primed, you know? And I started working with groups. I worked with a core group on a um, biodynamic farm and and some educational groups. And I and uh-huh. I kept getting this feeling that the there was more creativity in the people than in the group as a whole. And you would think the opposite, you know, that the group would would have more creativity. Like the the total is greater than the sum of its parts. And so. That's I started to look at it in 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 those kinds of questions. I certainly would love to ask you more about that. Uh, let me remind our listeners that uh, you're listening to an interview with Bonita Roy on the talk show The Secrets of Qigong Masters. And if you have any questions about the subject of our interview today, please call in at 347-327 Nine six three five. Once again, the call-in number is three four seven three two seven nine six three five. Bonita, let me ask you, you uh, about the path that uh, perhaps you took from being deeply involved in the Qigong world. Obviously, you were uh, president of the National Qigong Association at some point. Uh, to where you are at right now, what were the uh, milestones, so to speak, or the landmarks uh, that uh, perhaps were the turning points along your path? That's a good question. I started to use what I would feel would call Qigong practices and principles in my work as a, I was operations manager of a large landscape contracting firm. And I started to become very aware of relational dynamics, not as words going back and forth or or the actual content of words, but as as flow. As you know, I started to feel, for example, the push pull of relational mm-hmm. dynamics. Say, as you're at a big board meeting or a big business meeting or you have clients in there, I started to become very sensitive to the energy flows and started to work more with the the quality of the energy than with a specific intention about the outcome. So I started practicing that at work and then we moved to this farm and I ended up being able to live with my horses and and had a couple of horses born here and started to work with the horses in a herd situation from the horses that were not 
conventionally trained in a herd situation and started to really watch and feel and become sensitive to the relational flows there. And so I would say that was the turning point for me is to be sensitive to what was going on as a a total dynamic rather than this person said this and then this person said that. And and the and the whole in, inquiry opened up opened up for me. So, actually, I'm wondering if that's something similar to what someone like yourself who teaches people in groups. If that if that's part of a technique that is important to your work. Well, absolutely. I work with people both in the group context as well as individually one on one. My favorite actually is to work with two people at the same time. Uh, and this is kind of an unusual, almost unique uh, form of Qigong coaching that I developed because I discovered that it, it works more efficiently to work with two people as practice partners who kind of consistently practice with each other and I can provide them an opportunity to improve not only on their own, but also they start collaborating in helping each other improve not only in their skill level, but also in their communication style and their quality of life in general. And that uh, essentially creates the totally different dynamics between people. They're not just benefiting from knowing each other or from knowing me, but there is a, 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 an energy field that we enter together. Is this something similar to what you experience when you uh, teach the collective insight? Yeah, so there's that aspect of it, and I I find there's kind of two levels going on. I find it relatively easy for people to become resonant, as you're describing, to be wanted to be helpful with each other, to settle into a field where everyone is very present and people are sensitive to each other, and the you know the field feels very intense the uh, the second level though is if you is when you introduce a question or a problem where people hold diverse sometimes very competing opinions then what right. happens is 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 something something disrupt you know it gets, it gets very disruptive very fast and so the, Are you talking about the board of directors of NQA? <laughs> oh, I'm talking about many groups that I work with. So, you know, you talk about climate change okay. and there's climate change skeptics and climate change. Uh-huh. You know, so the same people that just spent two days together in nature doing Qigong, feeling really cooking together, feeling good about each other, and then you sit down to have some what I call, you know, some deliberate speech around problems or issues then you find that the the situation gets complicated really fast. And so what I try to teach in Collective Insight is what capacities we need to maintain this kind of being present with each other. Similar to what you said, that breakthrough we had in the the National Qigong Association. It took, you know, three or four days going in or two or three days going in to keep setting the field and setting it and keeping making sure. Yeah, and they're and soaking a, together in hot tubs and you know getting to know each other a little bit better, so we don't look at each other like 
what kind of freak person is this? <laughs> exactly. But then even then, there are these really tough times, you know, and whether whether the group's going to hold together or whether it's going to collapse, there there's a whole, to me, there's a whole genius or skill set in groups that learn to really work together and create insight. You know, the idea of collective insight is that if you have five people that come together and everybody has their own way of thinking about something, in collective insight, you don't want any of those five people to leave with one of the ideas that they came in with. You know, everybody is going to go away with a new idea. It's not like three people are going to convince the other two people or two people are going to convince the other three people. It's people come together knowing that they everyone. want to get beyond everything they know. And, and, and that creates a lot of creativity. Right. Well, and that definitely is something that probably helps people involved in this type of creative, collaborative group dynamics to not only have insights, but also to step up to the next higher level of creativity. So they're not just having an aha experience perhaps to see, oh, that's how, uh, that's why this person believes this way. Now I understand that. But kind of go beyond what either one of them understood anything uh, on exactly. the subject matter. And, and, uh-huh. and, and in order to do that, there's the relational dynamics, you know, and as as you mm-hmm. described, especially if you can get people helping each other and moving each other along and not being in a competitive type of situation and and there's you know people have triggers and they have defense mechanisms, all of this, everything that you can think of in doing qigong to get people to open up and be grounded and opened up and be confident without being aggressive. These are all embodied ways to sustain the kind of challenge that it is to really work through differences and diverse opinions into a new in, new insight. Wonderful. Let me ask you exactly what is the meaning of the word insight from your point what of view. What I mean by insight, that's a really good question. So what I mean by insight is an insight could be small or it could be significant. But one of the aspects of an insight is that it creates a whole new way of looking at things so it solves a lot of problems at the same time. So, for example, let's say, you know, I'm always fighting with my boss and there's always, you know, I've been working there for a while, but there's always some kind of irritation, you know. I know I'm irritated. And and then one day something happens, you know, just I may be relaxed or you might say something. All of a sudden something switches, and I realize that the problem I have with my boss is the same problem I have with my husband, and it's the same problem that I had with my father. It's like you have an insight that just shows you that all along – you know, it shows you more than one thing. It shows this. It, there's a switch in perception and the way you see things. And out of that cascades many, many different understandings, right? So 
then that's the. But in other words, you you connect the dots. You, you you see certain connections between things that previously appeared to be disconnected. Yeah, and you could almost almost yeah. like the uh, antithesis of uh, ignorance. 